0: Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Theology. Today, I am not planning to preach from the gospel because you heard the sermon on keep awake a few weeks ago from our bishop, right? So, you know that part, right? So, keep awake. (laughs) All right. Today, I'm going to focus on the old testament the old testament story is really interesting last night we had our praise and worship and uh, I had requested Kevin to read the scripture and obviously I didn't specify which translation and he picked a translation that was beautiful it was poetic Uh, and it just brought the whole thing into a different place. So let's focus on the Old Testament reading from Isaiah 64, 1 to 9. Any thoughts on the reading that you just heard from Isaiah 64, 1 to 9? You can take out the Bibles if you want. It's Isaiah 64, 1 to (coughs) 9 and as you are doing that uh let me let me share with you a few things uh that sort of lifted me up in this last week of course the service last night uh it was beautiful um all around but also the bible study uh this last week and I went back home thinking this I have been in in a lot of Bible studies and um, they range from you know uh, people reading a book about the Bible right Uh, to reading a book almost as a workbook about some piece of the Bible, right? Some section. Um, And then it was us, right? Uh, Yes, we are reading a book from Reverend Dr. Kathleen Mills. Uh, We are reading that book, but we are also, and it is a commentary on, on the Gospel of Mark, right? The one that you heard today. Uh, But our Bible study is neither of those two things, right? Our Bible study is about getting into the Word. It's engaging with the Word without any fear of what kind of questions we may be asking, right? We ask all kinds of questions, and what comes out of that questioning process is, a depth of faith right so let's just do that here now that you have your bibles open uh, what do you find interesting in isaiah 64 1-9 to <laughs> right 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 we weren't looking for you but we do appreciate when you did the awesome things right we call them awesome right yeah and we notice them right yeah any other thoughts? a different way, that lump of clay becomes a work of art. A lump of clay becomes a work of so art. To bring in yeah. yesterday, um, there were a few things that were said, which we, we did focus on this verse a lot last night. Um, and there was one person who said, you know, uh, I have been broken right? But each time when I'm broken, I find it's only my God that can put me together and God does put me together, right? I can be broken and God puts me together because because of this thing. (laughs) You are our father, right? And so, They're all the work of your hand. And that work of the hand sometimes breaks. Right? So, last night someone said, uh, You have no one else to blame for me than you yourself, God. <laughs> 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 right? <coughs> And that, God seeks to restore us. (coughs) Excuse me. Any other thoughts? We are all your people. Yes. And you can emphasize it in different ways. We are all your people. Or we are all your people, or we are all your people. <laughs> right? You can emphasize it in in all those ways. Right? So here's here's uh, the question <coughs> that I often ask: What is Advent all about? And since you have been Listening to me for the last nine years, you know the answer to that, right? Uh, what is Advent all about? Uh, the the folks that last night uh, haven't been with me for all nine years, uh, so uh, you know the answers there were a little different, right? Uh, and and when we ask this question uh, these days, the obvious answer is oh, we we are getting ready to to celebrate Christ's birth. And um, my response to that is usually, you all know this, my response to that is, uh, it's kind of late. He was born 2000 years ago. Right? If you are preparing for Christ's child to come, I have news for you. He was born 2,000 years ago, a little too late. It's good to stay awake, that's why, right? It's too late for that. So what are we actually preparing ourselves for? And that is in the prayer that we said today, which is, in which your son Jesus Christ came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead. My friends, that's what we are preparing for. That when he will come again. It is the second coming of Christ that we are preparing for. We are not preparing for Christmas. I know Individually as families, probably with the Christmas tree and the cookies and everything, that's where all the emphasis goes, right? But Advent is about preparation, (coughs) excuse me, for Christ's second coming. So now, I want to talk about this whole idea that in some ways, Scott, you mentioned. When you spoke of this verse, when you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down the mountains quaked at your presence. So the author of Isaiah, and, and we don't know who it is, it's chapter sixty-four. And and the the all the book of Isaiah has gone through a long, long history. So unless the guy was a few hundred years old, this is Probably not the same guy who started writing the first part of the book of Isaiah, right? This guy is a different guy. But, and, and some people call it the third Isaiah, right? So, who is, what's going on here? The author is saying that, you know, you were absent god you were absent you hid yourselves from us and because of your hiding yourself from us what happened we sinned i find that really convenient right look god i wouldn't have sinned had could i if i could see you there it's like it's like a parent thing right if if mom i could If mom was in sight, maybe I wouldn't have done it. But you weren't around. Mom says, yes, that's true. (laughs) All moms are like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's why mom says, I have eyes on my back too. Uh, (laughs) Right? If if I was not seen, if if I couldn't feel your presence there, guess what? Your fault, God. You were not there. I couldn't feel your presence. Uh, I sinned. Right? And so the idea is, in this whole passage is, God come down, be with us. Be with us, just like when you came down and wonderful and amazing and awesome things happened. So be with us. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's where we get the idea of the hymn that we sing all through Advent. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Be with us. God, be with us. Because when you're not with us, things go in a direction that maybe we don't even want, but they do. Right? So come and be with us. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. <coughs> and so last night someone said, You know, Old Testament, this is a very common Christian bias. Uh, There's a great prejudice that we hold within the Christian tradition uh, of saying somehow what we read in this thing called Old Testament is old and not applicable to uh, we, the good old saved Christians. (laughs) Right? Because we believe in the New Testament. Right? Just the word old and new. Right? And the whole idea is, people are formed in this theology. People are formed in this theology of the New Testament that somehow what Christ has done, now I don't need to do anything. It's all done, right? I don't, know, I don't need to do anything. It's all done. I'm saved because of what happened on the cross. Well, I don't want to minimize it. It's true. It's true. But what is it that happened on the cross? And I think we forget that what happened on the cross is perhaps worthy of our examination only if we can examine what led Jesus to the cross. Because somehow we look at the cross and say, wow, we forget how he got there. He had many, he had many options all along. He could have said, in fact, he prayed, Father, if, if it is at all possible, take this cup away from me. Right? If it is at all possible, I don't want to be hanging there. And yet, he went along on that path which led to his own destruction. So why? Why did he do that? And sometimes we are very quick to say, uh, uh, you know, an answer that we have all rehearsed very well, right? Why? Oh, because of our salvation. What does that mean, because of your salvation? What does it mean? So the guy ended up on the cross for my salvation. Like, what does it even mean? What does it mean? How has that changed my life? And if it hasn't, then it's just a cliché, right? Because <coughs> focusing on the cross <coughs> excuse me, requires that I first focus on what led Jesus to the cross, because that is where the whole story is. You know what that whole story is? That whole story is what Isaiah is describing. Now here's the fun part. So, people think, well, you know, in the Old Testament, God used to show up like a fire behind a mountain in all these awesome ways, and then, and then came Jesus. And after that, we don't see God hanging out like that. In fact, I remember the day when we were doing discipleship training and someone there said well you know we are not living through the times when God speaks and I started praying for that person that person's life I believe has changed since then because now he cannot talk about how now he cannot stop talking about how God is speaking right because God is speaking right this whole concept you are not there well you're not there because. I'm not willing to see you, right? You're not there because I'm not willing to see you. Because what am I wanting to see? I'm wanting to see this great imagery of this fire coming down and this like mountain shaking. And then I will say, oh God, you are here. That's what I want, right? And yet our prayer says, Jesus Christ came in great humility. There were no shaking mountains, no fire. It wasn't like when Jesus walked somewhere, a big fire was in front of him and behind him. That was the Israelite experience, by the way, that God walked as big fire in front of them and sometimes behind them, right? But when Jesus walked, there was no fire. Ahead of him, and he came in great humility, and we all missed it. Right? That is God Emmanuel. That was that is what the angels were saying. This God is going to be Emmanuel in the person of Jesus. He's coming. He's going to be Emmanuel, and He lived with us and. When he lived with us, because there were no mountains shaking and no, you know, fire or all those big things, we did what? We got a bunch of lawyers. And we kept asking him questions so that we could trap him. Well, that's what we did. We read the New Testament, right? Right? And then we did the most wonderful thing that we all can do. Level false accusations and hang it. And then we all celebrated. Right? That is the whole Good Friday scene. Mocking him. Right? Now here's, here's, if I can capture this all. Here's the thing. Our expectation of God coming, oh come, O come, Emmanuel, unfortunately, means that come and you do something. Right? We want God to be the potter who shapes us. And, and, he does that. But he does it in the way Christ has taught us. Are you ready for this? This is interesting. Because the way Christ taught us was that look, God is not going to throw fire on this world and turn it into something God wants. You know how God is going to do it? God is going to commission you to do it. God is going to commission you to walk that very difficult path where there will be great persecution because the world will not like what you're doing. Where everyone will come after you because what you are doing is what God does, but you'll be doing it as a non-person. Right? You, you, you'll just be average me, Right? And guess what? If they could go after Jesus Christ with false accusations and, and hanging him on a cross, they'll do that to you too. But here's the thing, if you want a different world, if you want a world without sin, then walk that path then walk that path, which is hard and which is difficult, and walk that path, because that is how God will make this beautiful world to be what God wants it to be. Not by shaking mountains. Because God wants God's people To get on with the program. And become a part of that. So every year. You know why I wear a purple. Hmm? It's a nice change from green. green. It's a penitential color. Meaning Advent is like Lent. Where we reflect. On our own selves? What have we done that we should have done differently to be in alignment with God? You see what I'm saying? That it's not that Christ died and has done everything, and I don't need to do anything. I can go on being the nasty person I am. Right? I need to stop and say, Christ, what is it that you want me to do? The answer may be something that I may find very difficult to accept, (coughs) right? And this is where it comes like, (coughs) do I have the courage to do it? Do I have the courage to be the disciple of Christ? Because that is what Christ is asking us to do. And my friends, that is why The second coming is what we believe in. Because you and I have been given a great opportunity to make this world right. And the judgment is going to be about that. That is what Christ will then come. Not so that he can be mean to people but so that he can ask us. My friends, I showed you how to do it. Give me an account of how did you do? Did you take on the risk of creating the world that God wants? Or did you Keep on saying, sorry, God, we don't see you. Sorry, we don't see you. If we don't see you, don't blame us for doing what is not right. And that is why we had the last reading last week. And then they will say, when was it that we saw you? When was it that we saw you? My friends, I pray that this advert will transform us. That it will break us loose from our known paths. And all the ways that we, like Isaiah, can say to God, sorry Lord, your fault, I couldn't see you, I couldn't feel you, you were not Immanuel. I pray that this Advent, we will leave that thought process behind and we will start taking ownership of God's kingdom to which He has called each and every one of us. Amen.